Welcome to the Fordham IPLJ podcast with your online editor, Anthony Zangrillo. This week, I'm here with staff member, Sophia Marshkowski. And we're going to be talking about whether spoilers should be protected by copyright law, whether the people that spoil certain television shows or movies should be uh, protected by fair use, and whether this is actually a trade secret claim. So, first of all, to give a little background, I think most people know what spoilers are. It's really when you give the ending to something ahead of time. But what becomes interesting is, what happens with an unpublished piece of television, movie, or other media? Is it the same idea with spoilers? It's almost like a leak, where it's being put out ahead of time. And one of the really most interesting cases was, I guess, over the summer, uh, The Walking Dead. So. Basically, now you're you're just a little bit of a follower of The Walking Dead, we could say. Yes, I mean I I, I like the, the the principles of uh, of horror and sci-fi and the supernatural, and I guess you have kind of the Trinity there in in, in maybe serial ways. So yeah, I mean I, I there are some episodes that I have watched that I like better than others. That sounds that's good. I. I originally wasn't into The Walking Dead. Eventually, I caught on with it and really liked it. So I've been like all into this issue. I thought it was crazy how they ended the six seasons. So we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil the seven season premiere, but we will talk about the six season in depthly for any of the listeners out there that are really far behind. So during this podcast, you can breathe, you can blink, you can cry. They're all gonna be doing a lot of that already, but really. That six-season finale was just crazy, unpredictable, and just violent in every way. And it was uh, the introduction of the main villain now, for the, like the near future for The Walking Dead, Negan. And he has, I'm sure you've seen this, this barbed wire bat that he calls yeah. Lucille. And yeah. it's, it's just like, how do you take control in this society? He's so, um, like, evil. What a name! I mean, it it takes on a persona of its own, and um, and then a lot of talk of, of the Lucille victim. But uh, it's it's it, it we we're all wondering what's going to happen and how uh, how who is going to be taken out first. Or uh, the suspense was killing us in terms of um, who the who Negan would actually take with the bat almost becoming an entity of cruel misery and hacking away at, at uh, the next victim. So yes, that was that's the enthralling part of uh, the, the, the twist and certainly a huge plot point. Now, how do you feel about this, let's say, from an industry perspective? They obviously didn't show. So for background, they did a first perspective shot. So you see the person getting killed and like the blood coming down from their face, but you don't know who it is. Obviously, this is like a cliffhanger to make sure everybody tunes into the season premiere. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I think that it's the appropriate choice. I think that the angle of the shadows across Negan's sort of body as, as he swings and our desire to, to find out is the cliffhanger. I think that uh, we're waiting for one of the skulls to be cracked, and we know it's a hero, and even though the hero has some villainous sides to it, uh, the fact 
cry over this ambiguous ending um, is intimately written with speculation, and I think that rivals this intense interest um, and sort of piques your curiosity of what's going to happen next. So I don't blame that type of ending. Okay. Personally, I thought it was like, I liked it, but I would have preferred if it was just the end of an episode and you saw it the next week, rather than having the whole summer to wait. Um, but the main thing was the Spoiling Dead fans is this website, this fan site, I believe it has 364,000 followers, and in the words of uh, Negan, AMC sent them to PP Pants City because... <laughs> They sent a cease and desist letter basically threatening copyright infringement if the Spoiling Dead fans reveal the identity of Lucille's victim. Now, what's, ba what's interesting here is AMC was claiming because they were consistently predicting the ending of certain, I guess, fan controversies or whatever was going on, that they were getting information from either an AMC executive or somebody that worked on the show. So it wasn't just like they were predicting correctly. Yes, that's true. It wasn't a, a certain factor that uh, that the Spoiler Dead fans uh, were actually onto and attuned to what was going on and were, uh, were developing insider information and disseminating this information on, on, their, uh, on their site or online. Um, so the assertion was ambiguous to say the least and Therefore, uh, the infringing on copyright by revealing a fact from certainly an unaired, possibly an unfilmed TV show was a little on, on the east side. But uh, I think that AMC, the huge giant, the huge gorilla in the room, that mm -hmm. matter, a, a rather, a, not a small, but you know, one that a, a, a fan uh, base that has followers followers that are actually fans of the show are still uh, quite bullied by American movie classics, which is, which is huge, um, and it's, it's quite a ta tackle for them, and also very expensive if the lawsuit actually came around. Yes, and it's very paradoxical, because AMC wants everyone to talk about the show. They're getting more people hyped up about the season premiere if they said, I think their quote, every uh, AMC appreciates every fan and welcomes conversation and speculation around our shows. But here's the kicker. We also take very seriously our responsibility to protect, protect the vast majority of fans who do not want their viewing experience spoiled. And that's where it's like, if it's confidential information, they feel like they have the responsibility to prevent that release, that leak. But it's very interesting the way that they say it, that, oh, you were getting so many correct in a row. I guess the only possible way they could have been doing that is by someone leaking it to them. Again, um, my, my feeling is that that's a bit speculative. Yes. If you, if, if you really think about it... Um, AMC's claim that any spoilers will amount to copyright infringement is sort of uh, a little bit disconcerting because uh, the company, while it has some ground, obviously, to protect uh, to protect its narrative, to protect its, its crucial plot elements that uh, that they 
you know, perhaps don't intend to release, and if someone uncovers it through a leaking source, that could constitute copyright infringement, certainly. But if, if, if you recall, there was the Twin Peaks production versus Publications International, yes. where the court, right, in the 90s, um, where um, the court ruled that publishing a work that recounts for its readers precisely every plot detail of a fictional work does in fact constitute copyright infringement. This this bears to kind of question us whether whether um, this actually this case constitutes uh, copyright infringement because it beckons us to really think that it just, they didn't really uncover every plot point in the uh, the, the, the spoiled dead fan club. They didn't uh, go piece by piece and talk about what's going to happen in, in season seven. Uh, and, and therefore, you can't really say that this is exactly what happened in that one case that uh, AMC cited with Twin Peaks Productions versus Publication International. This, I think, is different in terms of what, what we're dealing with. Now, what's very interesting with that case was it was after the fact. It was almost like a fan site giving a plot synopsis of, you know, right. what happened. So here, it's unpublished. It's not out there yet. Right. So, I mean, I believe the case is Harper Row uh, that yeah. stood for basically the fair use. That's like the fair use case. I don't think it's the same because it's more like a historical, you know, uh, biography autobiography in that situation but right. really the crux of that you know whole news story was that they got the you know manuscript beforehand and they wanted to reveal information that Ford talked about how he handled the uh, pardon of Nixon in the Watergate scandal right. so that almost is the same like that fact that you know uh, copying verbatim from the book is the same as like who did uh, Negan kill with uh, Lucille. Right. So it, it's very interesting because they were both unpublished. I, I don't think it's exactly the same, but it's true if you basically got this information by, you know, illegal means, basically. That's what it seems like they're accusing this website, that somehow illegally they got this information. You really have no fair use defense because when you're analyzing it together... I think even though you're not describing it in 100% detail, you're giving away the crux of that episode. And there's a good argument that you're harming the uh, commercial nature of the copyrighted material. This is, I think, the, why this case is, is, is perplexing and also not really easily understood in terms of its where the legal principles are. It's true that fair use, you know, being that it's a U.S. legal doctrine that permits limited use of copyrighted material, you know, without acquiring permission from the right holders. This, this, that wouldn't really, that couldn't really, really apply if you think about it to the, the, these hardcore fan club online, uh, you know, the, the, the spoiled dead. I think there, we can't really, this is this is something different um, because they're not, for example, fair use in I guess in, in certainly in the United States uh, under copyright law, law it includes commentary, search engines, criticism, parody, news reporting. All of that could be used and said this is our fair use, so that research and people like uh, Roger Ebert and critics, film critics could 
certainly maybe jump overboard and say, well, I'm allowed to give a few spoilers here and there because even though I think uh, Mr. Ebert was really against that, it wrote several times that he would he was really really against uh, spoilers and actually said that it was a really bad idea, but. Um, Serious could be employed and evoked, I think, generally under if you intend to comment on something or if you intend to criticize something or, or a parody like SNL, <laughs> you know, when, when, you, when, when you're doing just parodies, and that's fine, and you can certainly evoke Serious. In this case, I think you couldn't really perhaps evoke fair use, but I think also you couldn't really be stricken down as AMC uses this questionable copyright claim to, to kind of bully this spoiler site um, into um, just redacting everything and not really being able to, uh, I guess, use its free voice to, to lure its fans and therefore perhaps killing that site eventually. Yes, I think the way they sent their cease and desist letter was inappropriate because it did almost read that if you guessed it by accident, you're going to get sued. And I don't think that's what they actually meant. I think they're concerned with some leaks or something of that nature because uh, they were actually saying the amount of uh, YouTube fan videos for um, like who Negan's victim is was like unprecedented. I think it was over like 300,000 videos were up. So obviously they all fall under fair use. That right. We're already glutted with these fan predictions. Right. And it, it seems like it, it's almost not, it's so, I think it is a derivative work. These, uh, you know, these spoilers that if it's in a tangible medium, like, and it's fixed, it is a form of expression. It's not an idea. And it's not really like just a fact, even though some people will argue that. But yeah, they do. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I think if it's unpublished and they made the fact up, it, it becomes a different theory. It's not like a scientific fact of law, you know, or something right. like that. But um, it really, I think there should be a new regime that just follows a trade secret kind of um you know, atmosphere that maybe you don't need to use copyright law. Don't even approach it from a fair use perspective and just say here, it's it's highly confidential information. You obviously got it through illegal means. Maybe you can say you're innocent because you didn't know where this information came from. So I think that was an argument the website makes is like, what if somebody gave us this information and we reported about it? Are we going to be sued now? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that the spoiling dead community uh, came out and deduced the identity of the Lucille victim, uh, maybe by looking at, I don't know, as they say, aerial photos of the sets or public sightings of actors or just hanging around Atlanta, for God's sakes, uh, without actually having to see the script. Um, And so, therefore, if you think about infringement of copyright, no. Perhaps not. Mm. Um, and AMC said, you know, we, we, we could still enforce it upon this group because you, you don't want to mess with AMC. You'll be in expensive litigation for perhaps years. And then it seems like the, the, the spoiler, spoiling dead backed out and, you know, perhaps rightfully so. Uh, but uh, I think that 
thing is that AMC is relying on copyright laws, penalty provisions that don't really require any proof of actual harm, and therefore uh, there, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a free-for-all with AMC. They can really uh, pin and, and, and prick uh, the, the spoiling dead community and, and dismantle it. And in that way, I, I, I feel a little sad because I think it harms uh, the the First Amendment and your freedom of speech and the ability to present your own point of view, if you haven't verbatim, for example, set forth uh, exactly what's happening. And so spoilers are everywhere. Spoilers are the, it's the new universe. It's the new world we live in. Welcome to the age of the Internet before the 1990s. No longer a dynasty and you know, episodes of the Colbys where you could never, you'd have to wait another week or another week or two two weeks off before you you understood what was happening. Who shot Jr. Mm -hmm, yes. No longer that 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 era. And it is interesting that you said like you could, you know, look on the set or something like that. What happened here? Now I guess mini spoilers for what happened in the season premiere of season seven, but. They filmed every single character being murdered. So I think they did know back then who they chose, but it gave them the flexibility to wait and see. And also, they used those scenes as like a tease in the beginning of the episode, showing like a flashback of every single person possibly being the victim. Right. So more for artistic use. Um, I thought it was a very good episode. I know some critics uh, did not like it, but... Those. Oh, of course. Um, so now this also happened with Game of Thrones. Right. I believe this was before even the whole Walking Dead situation. Yeah, I think Games of Thrones season seven. Yes, spoilers leaked pretty badly. Yeah, and then it was uh, the fifth season was actually leaked right before that yeah. even. And it's interesting. Instead of using you know the law, sometimes they just were like, okay that leaked early, we're not going to distribute any screeners to the press. And right. honestly, a show like Game of Thrones doesn't need the media behind it. It's already right. a thing on its own. But uh, the big thing was the this YouTuber, what, Dr. Jose Sonaris? Yeah, the Spanish YouTuber who was leaking the spoilers for season six. Yeah, and seven di several days actually in advance of each episode. Exactly. And, you know, he called them speculations, but just like how we saw in the other situation, he was eerily accurate. So it's not just him guessing and deducing on his own. Right. And I believe it finally came out. He was getting emails from a source directly affiliated with the show. Yeah. And uh, the difference there is I think he actually admitted it. Yes. I think he said that he, he was, in fact, there was a source leak and he was waiting for that source leak to, to make these predictions. And it's like, as soon as that happens, HBO sends the copyright claim to YouTube. And it's like, right. we have to pull that down. Because yeah. it's not just him, you know, being a good fan. You know, he's really profiting off of information. Right, right. Yeah, I think he's, if you look at it from a business point of view as a business insider, you might say that, that he really was profiting from this. And that's, I would say that's unfair. To, uh, to the game of thrones. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like a weird way of insider trading. You're not like actually trading on the stock market, but you have this insider information and you're using it really, I would argue, to a commercial purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that the 
then then you can certainly uh, invoke the G- Digital Millennium Copyright Act because mm-hmm. uh, you know the DMCA would in compliance would be really something that would permit them to uh, permit HBO to immediately take that take that down, and they would have they would have a reason to do that uh, because it is sort of a trade secret if you're profiting from it, uh, and 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 if you're if you're continuously leaking that sort of information. Now, I would say our final example, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a Redditor, right, called Dolphins1925, mm-hmm. and he went on a streak of predicting WWE matches for the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. He basically got every single person correct. So now, everybody knows wrestling is predetermined and it's fake. So right. this guy obviously was getting the information ahead of time. I mean, some of them you could say, fine, he was just very good at predicting and stuff like that. But he came out and said, quote, I would like to clarify that I do not work for WWE. I am just a WWE fan like everyone else. And I am getting my information from a source that has very credible inside information regarding the outcomes. Now it gets more interesting because he goes on to say, upper management are not taking reasonable measures to prevent this information from being leaked. These people whom are leaking this information are profiting off it at the expense of the WWE, the fans, and the integrity of the product. It is for these reasons that I am hoping to put an end to WWE Insider's leaking pay-per-view outcomes. So it's almost like he feels he's doing it because people are getting this information and keeping it to themselves. So he's just revealing it to the public. It's a very fascinating twist because I think it's the same thing it, that that's not that's not really like a sport. It's more of an entertainment product. Right. Well, let, let me just take a p- play the devil's advocate for a second and mm. say that uh, I think that um, wrestling, although predictable, um, you watch people like Hulk Hogan. You know, the, my, my baby sister used to like watching that stuff. But you still wanna you still want to believe that the person that won won, the person that took the other person down, the, the, the person that gave him the the left hook. Or, or wrestles him down to the to the floor that you do not know what the outcome of that is, although you know it's staged. And but I see, the, that's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah. Because you, I, I understand your point that you want to believe it. Yes. But at the end of the day, somebody wrote down on a pad, you know, backstage, you know, John Cena's winning tonight. Mm-hmm. And then somebody sees that and gives the information to the internet. Right. Should that person now... Did he? What did he violate? I, I feel like I guess he violated I a. Co- I don't know if he violated a copyright there. That's why the trade secret probably makes it a better claim. That's true. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, what really doesn't matter beyond the embarrassment to WWE, right? Well, yeah. it's it's interesting if all of a sudden I I don't know if people bet on this or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I mean, like it, it could harm the um whether you buy the product or not, maybe some people are like, I don't want that guy to win. And this guy, he's predicting everything correctly. It looks like he's going to win. I'm not going to buy it. Right. But again, that's a very weak argument. I I think it does ruin the product, like the experience of the product 
possibly the commercial value of it as well if you give away the ending ahead of time. I agree. I think it's been uh, since man, it's been mankind's dream to sort of own a predictable sports almanac. (laughs) No, just Marty McFly. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot in gambling on professional wrestling. I actually saw a movie once. I think it's called The Wrestler. With oh, very good film. Yeah, and it was a wonderful film, and I think that you know. it, it shows the the inside game, but it also shows the complexity of it. And the, there's two sides to every story. And I think that we tend to suspend disbelief when we're watching these kind of actions, whether it's, um, I, I, I like boxing a lot, for example, but mm-hmm. if I knew ahead of time who won the major you know, heavyweight fights, I'd be really depressed. Maybe not so much with professional wrestling, but still, there's, a, there's an element of hope and there's an element of I don't know in the vision of what's going to happen. Exactly. So, do you have any, like, solutions for, like, our whole conversation here about spoilers? How do you think the law should treat this revealing information ahead of time? I think that it's something that I think that already is, is happening. The The person that's using spoilers should definitely issue spoiler alerts. Um, and if you're if you're really getting inside information before the show even airs or before you're attaining information that you should really uh, reflect on uh, whether you're doing it a for profit which which really shouldn't happen and how you're how uh, how you'll really be able to continue if you give out all these all these plot points for an entity that doesn't belong to you for someone else's craft for someone else's vision for someone else's you know artistic integrity and to salvage that there are there is of course you can use an invoked doctrine of fair use which protects the copyright infringement claims but um but only I would find that to be applicable in, in fact, the commentaries, the criticisms, the parodies, and educational use, where it just kind of goes with the terrain. But I believe, um, I believe the, the the integrity of of art to to limit the these the, the spoiler effects because I think that even to see a snippet, it's sufficient to to really. Uh, really warrant some kind of claim against uh, spoilers because it's your work what you what you show to the world certainly artistically is worthy of protection and I think that there should be more of these alerts and, and take down laws to really help uh, to really help media and to help the, the, the dramatic craft anything else that entails the art world now it's very interesting when you say that they should put spoiler alert I, I could think of an interesting hypothetical. Sometimes I'm invited to like advanced screenings and I do movie reviews. So I believe that's published material because they're showing the film already. Mm-hmm. Now they sometimes tell us, you know, by going to this screening, you know, do not put spoilers in your reviews. We don't want the ending ruined. So that's different because now you have a contract claim because you signed a contract, you won't do it. But if they don't say that, I feel like spoilers are free game. Now, there's an argument you shouldn't do it, but I don't think anyone could ever sue me, let's say, if I go see a film early and I put the ending up, but I didn't put a warning up or something like that. Um, I think that we're not really going to be able to in 
this day and age with media and technology and everything that's online, um, anything that's accessible, you're not really going to be able to avoid spoilers in any way. You hear it all the time. People spoil films for you. People spoil yeah. novels. People spoil the news. People can spoil an election. Um, not this year. But, right? Not this year. Not this year, yes. This year was a special year. But in general, I think spoilers suck because they remind us that you know, a story is, is just is just made up. And, and then it's hard to really be kind of elevated and transported into a, a different kind of world that, you're, that you haven't navigated, that you haven't seen before, that's new and, and, and visceral to you at that time. Um, and you're back in real life. And real life, I think the reason for fantasy, for Game of Thrones, for, for The Walking Dead, uh, is, is because we want to suspend that, uh, that, that, that disbelief and, 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 and you know, find ourselves on an island where anything is possible. When you have that spoiler, it kind of really ruins it for me. Yes. So I, I wish that wouldn't happen because, uh, honestly, I, I, I just, I, I find the magic is gone when, when you, when you, uh, when you strip away certain plot points and when you, you kind of present them and, uh, and the pleasurable experiences, it's, it's all over with and the spoilers have a tendency to kill the pleasurable experience. See, I find it a weird way because sometimes I would say this, I'm always against spoilers. But I would always put a warning, let's say, in a review or something like that. But I feel like it's good to talk about, let's say, spoilers, let's say, in a review. Because if you don't, you're really limited. That You're really just scratching the surface. That sometimes people say, like, anything you say about the film is a spoiler. I want to go in completely blank. Then why are you reading a review? You shouldn't read anything if you want to go in completely blank. Why are you looking at a trailer? You know, and... It becomes a very interesting dilemma because – so uh, have you seen Force Awakens? Right, yes. And, you know, that has the biggest spoiler, right? We already spoiled on an older older episode, so we could say it here. But, you know, Han Solo dies. He's killed yeah. you know, right. by Kylo Ren. And it's like that was something that I saw people sometimes use as a tool against people as like a weapon, you know, that they would throw that out there or something on like Facebook or in a message to somebody they didn't like. And right. it's like, that's totally wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, that, again, I'd say that that's really devastating. It's devastating, yeah. like Star Wars, you know, or, you know, that whole, that's just the untouchable world. <laughs> you shouldn't touch that with spoilers. I don't think I would like, I mean, I, sure, I guess it would, it wouldn't ruin the film completely, but I guess it would lower it a little bit for me. But it is interesting, like, I guess I would go into it with a different mindset because the whole time I would just be thinking about when is it going to happen. Even though I suspected it was going to happen, it's different from knowing with 100% certitude it will happen. Yeah, I, th I think, again, you can't... Spoilers are... You can't avoid them, but, but I think that a movie pooper or a show pooper is just that. You know, the surprise spoiler ending is really, is really the only reason you'd pay... Eleven dollars to see what is otherwise, like you know, a really bad film, and uh, you just, you know, sometimes you vaguely remember an old movie, and there someone reveals that plot twist that then you don't want to even watch it. And I've heard all yeah. sorts of theories, you know, about that. But I still, I still believe that I don't want the end of the book, and I don't want the end of the film. But I really, really want to see. And then, then there's people like my grandma. 
She just goes, she reads the first page, and then she reads the last chapter. She wants to know the ending right away because she doesn't want the suspense the whole time. She can't deal with it. I don't understand it, but she also does this with, like, movies. She'll, like, just start, just tell me the ending. Just tell me it now. And then she wants to, well, she likes the journey. She doesn't care about the destination, but she just wants to know the destination. Oh, I, I know about those. <laughs> My grandmother was like that, too. I never understood it. She'd tell me, like, I, and she'd reveal every every book I've ever wanted to read, like, off the last page. It's like, I read the last page. Now you can know it, everything, too. It must be a generational thing. <laughs> That's just exactly what it is. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Uh, I always ask, is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I just... Uh... You know, that, that, that talking about spoilers, really, I don't want to spoil anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to advertise anything except for my, uh, my apathy for, uh, for really the, the, the highest non-regard against these, the spoiler effect in, in, in media. Okay, well, I'll tell everybody that's listening, you know, go check out fortomyplj.org. We got blog posts posting every day. A lot of interesting things from uh, the Trump campaign and then afterwards and different like IP concerns. Uh, I know a Brexit article should be posting soon as well as a great article about uh, the FTC, you know, sponsorship guidelines. Also, you know, check out motionpictureclubs.com where I was talking about with the movie reviews. Uh, we will have a review. We had a review post, you know, of uh, Fantastic Beasts. Um, also, Doctor Strange. I'm sure Star Wars 1 will either be posted or posting. So look out for all of those as well. Uh, thank you for joining us.